Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. It's our first live episode. Live, live from Seattle. Together. In front of four cats. Oh, you ruined, I was going to oh. say, what do you think, people? Yeah, people. And the cats are going to meow. King, Michelin. I think they want to keep eating their meal. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, anyway. So, this is live for me and Dennis. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Best Friend Simulator. Me, I'm Josh. I'm Dennis. This is Best Friend Simulator. Yeah, we're together. We're here. I'm looking. This is weird. 17th episode. 17. Plus. Is this 17? Yeah. A special and a couple intros. Yeah. And this is the first time we're actually doing it in the same room together. I know. It's weird. I know. I'm not used to being able to hear things because I don't normally have my headphones on. I yeah, just hear you. You're going to just hear me coughing a lot because I mute myself when I'm by myself. I cut all that out. I don't know how I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, it's Can you weird. Go back to Philly. I mean, eventually. I mean, like now, that's and then we can just pick up when you get back. That's hurtful. I think it's easier to say more hurtful things to you when you're not actually next to me. It's true because there's, there's a whole country between us. I don't feel like you're actually offended. You're in a different time zone than me, so it feels like I'm sending them to the future. Now I'm in the same time zone, and it hurts my brain. Did you so fart? Th- no. You sure? Yeah, I am. You know you have four cats, and it smells like cats in here. You know the downside to recording live with you is I'm going to be sniffing your farts the whole time. I'm not farting. You know I would tell you. Okay, fine. So here we are, everybody. Yeah, it's a great time. Are you excited? The audience is having a great time listening to this bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) If they've listened up until this point, I don't think they're going to be put off by us talking about who smelt it. Yeah, we had a great... Dealt it. Anyway, we had a great day. I woke up at 6.30 this morning because I'm still on East Coast time, or that's the time I always wake up, and... I woke up at 9.30 because (laughs) I'm on vacation, and Dennis didn't wake me up. That's true. Then we ate way too much food at the vegan restaurant. Yeah. A lot of food. Oof. Then we came home and felt really sick and played some video games, and Dennis passed out on the couch. Yeah, I think I had a diabetic coma. I think you did. I did you stop breathing for a little while. <laughs> I did that thing where we were playing video <laughs> games together and I just fell asleep. Again. <clears throat> oh, it's Akari Warriors from 1990, 1995 all over again. Yeah. So, uh, what do we got? So, I just got here yesterday. What, what's, what do you got planned for us for the rest of my time here? We are going to go squatching. Not really. No. I mean, we're, we're heading out to the Olympic Peninsula. Yo, look, if I see something, I'm going to say something. But I don't think we're going to see a Bigfoot. Well, I mean, we'll look. Um, maybe you'll turn up a missing 411 as well. What are you trying to say? Who knows, man? You could wind up missing and Mr. David Politis will write about you. Uh, no, that sounded like it had a little bit of a connotation there that you were going to fucking make oh, me miss. Uh, does David Politis point any fingers at me in his books? No. Not yet. Dennis, Oops, sorry. <laughs> Dennis was, <laughs> was on a trip with his podcast partner, not friend, podcast partner, Josh. So you gotta bleep that one out too. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he wasn't he was missing. 
And I gotta tell you, George, does it seem reasonable to you that he would just disappear like that? Is this you doing your impression? That's of? my David Politis. Okay. He, he likes to use the people's name that he's talking to. And George being George from... It's, it's just unbelievable. George Knapp right. from Coast to Coast. I hope they fucking find you guilty. But anyway, uh, we're gonna... No, they're not. I'm gonna show up at the MTV <clears throat> Music Awards and perform and then say, and I'm not guilty. Just like Snoop Dogg. Deep, deep Snoop Dogg. Yeah. That's for Justin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to go out to the rainforest. We're going to... Well, Ryan, from our Halloween episode, as you can recall, she saw the Ralph Macchio poster come to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to also meet us out here, and we're going to go out to the rainforest. And I purchased a little handheld recording device from a man I met on Craigslist in a McDonald's parking lot, <laughs> which I've told people that story and they think it's the most terrifying thing I've ever done. I was like, it's the middle of the day. What's the yeah. big deal? The dude was very excited to sell it to me, of course. And he wanted to tell me all about his YouTube channel where I looked at one of the videos and it's him and his friend talking about eating ass. <laughs> so that's my life. What do you guys have going on? Anyway. I am a little crushed because I was going to start a YouTube channel doing the very same <laughs> Yeah, I, I told you I would not do uh, video re- video podcasts of you if we're talking about eating ass. Yeah, so we're just going to do an audio podcast instead. Uh, right, so on our next episode, we'll be talking about that. Let us know what co- topics you want to cover. Welcome to Ass Eaters Worldwide, everybody. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but I bought this handheld recorder so that we could... Uh, Talk about eating ass in the woods. <laughs> yeah, so that we could see if we could get any usable material... <laughs> I mean, sorry, usable conversations. See, as an aside, let's pause here. Uh, I'm trying to appeal to the millennial market so that we really get in there. They're really into eating the ass. Is that true? That's what, that's what Instagram tells me. Or, or are you just trying to get away with saying the phrase eat, eat in the ass as many times as possible? No, I think it's a cool thing that kids are talking about these days. Really? Yeah. According to Instagram? Give me an example. I don't know. I see t-shirts about eating ass. Show me one. Do you want me to right now? Yeah, well, let's pause and, try do, to find, and yeah. do some research. Um, so there you go. See? Yeah. I proved it to you. <laughs> well, I'm glad we wasted the time to do that. Look at that t-shirt. I hope we record ourselves finding Bigfoot. That would be really good for our numbers. Or we record ourselves finding a Bigfoot gift shop. Would definitely be into that. It sounds even better. So. Are you sure you didn't fart? Does it smell like farts? Yeah, it smells a little like farts. Is it my burps? I don't think it's me. Is it you? Oh, maybe it, I smell like pho from dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I smell like pho, not far. I burped up a little, too, so that might have been my breath. It's okay. <sighs> All right, everybody, this is just a mini episode. We're cutting it short here. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Seven minutes and 36 seconds. I mean, come on. You know that's kind of the, the total sum of what the audience pays attention to. <laughs> just put it on while they're washing dishes. Mm-hmm. And- Scooping cat litter. Right. Just like what you do. Yeah. We did just watch a fascinating documentary, though. We did. And this is a thing I meant to talk about on the last episode, but totally forgot. But I'm glad that we waited until now because I I made you watch it. This is my second time watching it. We watched it together. When's the last time we watched a movie together? Don't really try to think of it. It was forever ago. Uh, Ten years ago, probably. No, no, no. 
No, I came out. <laughs> this is a great story. <laughs> no, I came out here to visit you, and we went to go see the Star Trek movie together. Yeah, that's right. And there were people. There was somebody. We thought somebody was dying in the movie theater. Oh, because we heard no, the. Yeah. We heard someone going through uh, death throes. Yes. Like, and then, and I was just like, yo, like. And I was getting concerned, and then I was getting annoyed, and then I was getting concerned. And then the lights came on, and it turned out that there were a, a large number of very disabled severely folks. disabled yeah. individuals there who had a varying degree of issues, and, and okay. it felt really bad for thinking Being anything. mad about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Because in my defense, it was the kind of thing that sounds like some teenagers would be having fun doing. Totally. To yeah. ruin my time at a movie theater because... In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. At, at the Riverview Theater, that is a very that. common thing. Yes. Yes, definitely. That's my defense. Yeah. No, that, that's fine. I, I, I'm very sensitive to that myself. I didn't actually yell at anybody. No. You know, it's funny because I forgot about that story, but when I talked to Alan recently, he thought that that was me seeing the Dawn of the Dead remake in the theater mm. and thinking that people were making zombie noises. Oh, did that happen? I don't... I'm not sure. Were these he said two it, separate stories? It, I, no, it might just be our story mm. from that. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So yeah, we watched Love and Saucers, which is a documentary that you can catch on assorted streaming sources, and we highly, highly recommend it. It's definitely worth your four or five bucks. Yeah, I found it pretty interesting. It was basically about David Huggins and his experiences with being abducted and having sex. I don't know if he was forced to have sex, but he had a lot of sex with... uh, He seemed pretty happy about it. What seemed like a human with an alien head from his pictures. Yeah, and like cool hair with like bangs, like black hair with bangs. I think she was just a goth lady. She kind of was. And he doesn't want to admit to an extramarital affair. Yeah. So you had some notes on the documentary. Yeah, I, I took a couple. Yeah, he's an interesting dude. Uh, he, he he claims they started when he was eight years old living in Georgia back in like the 50s. It was like his first encounter with a little hairy guy <laughs> who looked like a little mini Bigfoot with like really bright yellow eyes. And he referred to it as a little hairy guy. Yeah. And the awesome thing about the documentary and about David Huggins is that he's a painter. He paints these really cool, very impressionistic sort of images recounting what happened to him so it's very illustrated so the documentary has it shows these paintings as he's telling the stories and they're great i am super into them i think it's helpful that his paintings are so well done because it kind of because then there, later in the documentary some other person showed his <laughs> description through painting or through a, like pen, a drawing yeah. pen line drawing of yeah. like his experience and it was like oof that's not believable at it's all like a thing i drew when i was like seven yeah it's something i would draw it's like stick figures. So just in summary, uh, this guy was visited by a host of aliens. He had the little hairy guy was the first one he encountered. Um, then there were little classic greys wearing these like little blue uniforms. You had a mantis who was like a weird creepy observer who definitely was creepy. I'll get to how he was creepy in a little bit. You had a tall thin dude with a knob on his head who seemed to be in charge mm-hmm. who was often just like kind of standing around and directing people yeah you he had... said he was yeah he said he was the guy in charge yeah yeah and then you had the women you had his particular lover crescent was was the woman that he had numerous encounters with but there were other women too that were very large amazonian type women with like just human <clears throat> bodies 
but alien heads with yeah. like the black goth hair. Very like pale white faces, which is but normal like unique. Yeah, like normal skin tone of like a a white lady. Mm-hmm. Like a very drastic difference between the face and the body. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. So basically, he was visited by them, uh, had his first sexual sexual encounter with Crescent when he was in his teenage years, I think, and then just claims to have had over 100 encounters with them over the years, um, up until recently. I don't think he says he has them anymore, but they happened throughout most of his life. And he had numerous sexual encounters, which he had very graphic paintings of, his, his trysts with Crescent, and also claims to have fathered a child or children with her, mm-hmm. and was often pulled in th- through a portal into their ship, or wherever the hell it totally was. Totally naked. Loved to paint his own penis. Buck-ass naked, yeah. With various things happening to his penis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really interesting. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of had some, <laughs> let's say, uh, awakenings <laughs> after watching this movie. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> oh, my God. I need a new podcast. I, let, let's you... just say I, I, <laughs> I figured out what my kink is, I think. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got excited while watching this movie. I mean, the one part where the Amazonian ladies have them in a headlock. Yeah, that was your thing? Yeah, I won't get into graphic detail. Watch the film and you can draw your own conclusions. But look, man, I'm I'm 40. To each his own. You know? Just live my life. To each their own. I just want to stand in my truth here. And my truth is, Mm -hmm. I would probably fuck an alien. I think we all knew this already. Yeah, it's not surprising. But I think it's the thing where you want to get wrestled. So anyway, David Huggins... uh, (laughs) We learned a lot today. Interesting thing about David Huggins. The first time I watched this was with Jamie and some friends of ours. And they showed David Huggins' place. And he lived in like just like a a bedroom, wall-to-wall shelves of VHS tapes. And he was just showing him going through his routine of like meditating and sitting down on the bed and writing and stuff. And Jamie just turned to me and was like, you know, if I ever left you, this is your future. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're definitely not wrong on that. Yeah, when I started watching the documentary, I saw all the, all the movies and books. And I was like, oh, that looks like Josh's future. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what my little book area looks like, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't a knock, you know. No, it looks like no. a pretty nice existence. Yeah. He works one day at the deli. <laughs> got a lot going on. Getting into that. Gets a lot of play from statuesque alien women. I mean, just it's, manhandling them. It's it's <laughs> uh, apparently the his the visitations are fewer and more rare these days, but still happening. God bless him. Must be nice. So yeah, basically, he moved to New York to go to to go to art school, and was told by the aliens he should start painting, and then started producing these paintings, detailing everything, and he settled down in New York. Uh, married an artist who who does mosaics, had a kid, and then read the book The Intruders by Bud Hopkins, who's a very like one of the the premier alien abduction chroniclers uh, in the field. And he read that, and it brought back these memories to him that hey, this stuff has been happening to me because that that he he claims the aliens were making him forget as time went on, and this is when the the memory started to surface. And then I think he said within six months, he and his wife divorced and there wasn't, they didn't go too much into his background or like the story beyond that. Right. I think they just said he kept <clears throat> painting and. Yeah. It seemed like there was, 
and there was I, I was looking at maybe Rotten Tomatoes or something at some reviews of it, and uh, some people were like, "Well, they didn't they didn't get into like whether or not he was believable or told the truth or anything." Or and I don't think that was the point. The point was to just let him tell his story. Like there was very little exposition. There was little. Hey, here's like let's talk to us mom or relatives yeah. it's just let's let him tell a story and show the paintings and then they kind of you know talk to some other folks that have something to do with alien abductions or other uh ufo believers and there's a guy who is a like a professor on <clears throat> uh religion and philosophy and whatnot yeah. and like he he was a, a big chronicler of religious erotic religious experiences throughout history yeah and also Started writing about aliens. Also had a shit ton of Marvel statues in his office. And they made that like a focal point of yeah, it was of, really of his weird segment. He has like his. Did you catch that his his desk was like an airplane wing? I did not. It was an airplane that. wing with like a pelt on it, and he also had a big Dark Phoenix statue right in front of him. <laughs> it's a weird, weird yeah. situation. Yeah, so it didn't seem like the people making the film felt one way or the other about whether or not he could he was believable or telling the truth or yeah it quote was, unquote crazy it was just strictly his side of things and, and I, it was interesting and it's cool because he seems like a very earnest dude like mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like a shady dude like i i feel like in my researches and just my encounters <clears throat> like checking out all this crazy stuff like i definitely run into people i'm like yeah you seem slimy like i could see mm-hmm. this up this dude seems like legit like he believes it I'm, now that's not me saying yes, he's right, and we were talking about this afterwards. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if you think about it in in terms of some kind of um, psychological issue like schizophrenia, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if people actually do or do not believe, or actually do or do not hear voices. Yeah, it's the fact that they do believe it, and right. then what do you do with that? Yeah, and that was how I think I got very obsessed with alien abductions, even though I don't believe that it's true. Mm-hmm. Sadly enough, I'm never going to be abducted by Amazonian alien women who are going to wrestle me. And Anyway, <laughs> losing the thread here. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, but the thing is that it seems there are a certain number of people who aren't stereotypical, like crazy schizo- schizophrenic people that's very pejorative i didn't mean to say it that way no you know I what i'm it. saying like yeah, yeah, yeah like 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 just people who are very out there and not in touch with reality at all like they seem to be people with semi-normal lives at least and they do seem to legitimately believe this stuff and i think the thing that's interesting to try to figure out is why you know like what's happening to them that is making that happen you know so to that to that point my first thought, especially when he was describing, like, the extreme sexual nature of some of these. Very my, extreme. My first thought was he had some sort of childhood trauma that mm-hmm. he's covering up with more, quote-unquote, interesting stories. Yeah. Or, or fascinating stories than what really happened. And he did he did mention that his, his mom and dad had alcohol issues and would beat him. So I started thinking that, you know, what if what if this is like a connection to some kind of trauma and, and folks are bringing up like other variations on this memory. So actually, as we were watching it, I started looking this up 
on on the Googles. I found an article in Psychology Today called Alien Abductions, The Real Deal, which discusses the work of John Mack, who, Josh, you said you'd heard of before, that he was a alien like abduction researcher. Yes. Well, no, he was like, I, I think a, like a clinical psychologist <clears throat> and a professor at, I think it was Harvard, Harvard, I think Harvard, Harvard or Yale. I don't mm-hmm. remember offhand. And he started seeing uh, some clients who were claiming to have been abducted and, you know, had uh, experiences with alien beings. And he was skeptical at first, but the thing that was really interesting about him is that he went full on into it. Like he got, I no, I actually believe these people. And went full on and like jeopardized his career and really went out on a limb for this stuff. And, Hmm. you know, so yeah, it was interesting that, and again, this comes back to a thing we've discussed numerous times already in in the past previous episodes. Like, I don't think these people that believe this stuff are dumb or crazy, Mm -mm. you know, like this, I I think it's just the way that the human brain works, you know, it fills in gaps and it's not necessarily going to lead you down the most logical path. It will lead you down the things that it seems like to you. And it says in the article that the overwhelmingly, the majority of people that report alien abductions have no psychosis whatsoever. Yeah. They're not psychotic. Mm -hmm. They are not diagnosed with schizophrenia, anything like that. Yeah. So this article is a very lengthy article, but I, I focused on not the John Mack part, but the McNally and Clancy part, these other researchers who started studying people who said they were abducted while while they were studying memory recall and victims of childhood trauma. They got into studying alien abduction or folks that had said they were abducted by aliens. And they said these experiencers exhibited high rates of false recall and the tendency to create false memories. Not that they're lying, but they're they, their distorted memories combined with high levels of absorption, uh, meaning like inclination to fantasy, mm-hmm. getting into sci-fi, getting into these books, and, and getting really absorbed into the stories and yeah. almost making themselves part of it. And like as a result, kind of having a, a, a tendency towards suggestion, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like taking these things in that are fantasy and then filtering them through their brain into fact. And the article says susceptibility to creating false memories coupled with a disturbing experience like sleep paralysis, Mm -hmm. which if you recall from our Halloween episode, how many people, including myself, had like creepy sleep paralysis Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And a cultural script that allows for abduction by aliens may lead one to falsely recall such an encounter. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the thing about David Huggins that's also very interesting is that like like we mentioned earlier, his place is covered wall to wall with VHS tapes of sci-fi and horror movies. Right. You know, like tons and tons of <clears throat> alien movies. And yeah, and that that's the thing is that a lot of alien abduction stories do fit a certain script. And a lot of believers say, well, this is proof that this is actually happening. But they're discounting the fact that this is stuff that's very common in science fiction and just now in, like, the the folklore of alien abduction stuff. So, like, you process that. Even if you're not intentionally doing it, your brain is saying, okay, well, this strange thing happened, so I'm going to impose this. I'm going to run it through this filter in my brain. Mm -hmm. And that's how you wind up there, I think. Mac had a counter-argument for the cultural script comment, saying he's found evidence of parallels to American abduction stories on almost every continent. I feel like I could have spent another two hours coming through this uh, article to find interesting points and counterpoints, but that was the... You should. I I encourage you to look into this further. That would be a cool thing to discuss. I'm not going to read it on my phone, though. I mean, read it... That's too long. ...on a tablet. I don't have that kind of... The computer. What what else? I could put it on a tablet for you, and you can read it this weekend while we're in the cabin. Can you put it on a CD-ROM? I can do that. And email... And mail it to me? 
Yeah, but I just thought, uh, yeah, I thought just that that idea that there is some type of explanation to why there is a almost a certain stereotype of not even the on the one hand, you know, as we were watching the this documentary, we pointed out there's a scene where he has an art exhibit, yeah, and, and a gentleman walks in who's got this just. Over the top giant like he's, winter like Trappist hat on, but he's like, a that guy. Yeah, like, and, and when when Huggins was explaining whatever what this all was about, this guy's like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. You know, I don't remember it as well as you do, but yeah, that definitely happened. Like almost that like distant, but I'm really trying to pull you in, attention seeking kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah, and he he's definitely <clears throat> he fits an archetype. Like mm. that's any like kind of youth subculture. There's always an older dude who's that guy, right? You know, and, but. And then I, f- I feel like Huggins fits into this other category of, like, these people with this false memory recall where it's, like, they're not lying and they're not making it up. They totally believe it. Yeah. And but I, and I don't think they are making it up. Yeah. They're and I mean, just... at, at least the way he was portrayed in the documentary, he seems like a very gentle, earnest guy who doesn't seem to want a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just doing this thing quietly in his place. So I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. And, and it's we were discussing also the way people tend to think about this stuff is very regimented. And they I, I think the way I characterized it earlier was that they, they sort of tend to break it down into a binary. It's either these people are right or they're lying. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, an oversimplification of the issue at hand here is that they could be telling the truth and also could be wrong. You know, like I, I think, like I've said countless times, the brain is not, sensory organs are not perfect mm-hmm. means of conveying information to the brain. And the brain is not a perfect way of observing and, and right. processing everything that happens around you. So, you know, it's very, very capable of making you believe that this shit is happening, but it's not. You know, I mean, there are countless things in our lives that happen to us every day that don't really happen. But we just... I think, like, a, a good example is the fact that when you move your eyes, you're not actually getting any visual input. Your brain is filling in the gaps mm. of what's there. So, like, you, you're still seeing something, but that's your brain sort of like, okay, I'm going to hold this and make a composite kind of... Trippy. Very much so. And again, going back to... This- the idea, the, the, the not the idea, but going back to schizophrenia, where this whole like, well, we have to tell people that they're not hearing voices, that they're not Jesus, that they're not an, a space alien. Why? Why not get to the? I why not try to be a little more empathetic and think? Well, why would you think that? Yeah, and that's that's another thing that I I feel like I've encountered a lot in reading these accounts is that people automatically assume people are going to think they're crazy. And I don't think that is necessarily the case. You can definitely believe out there things and not be a crazy person. I mean, also that speaks to the the stigma against mental illness in our Mm -hmm. society, without a doubt, that people are terrified of thinking that they have a mental illness in some way, like it's a death sentence or something. But, you know, at the same time, also, that doesn't mean that you are a paranoid schizophrenic because you believe this stuff. So I, I think if things were... I think if people approached it with more gentleness, I think almost it would be a better way to get to the root of it. And then maybe we can get more like paintings out of it. Without a doubt. Which you would be happy about. I would be very happy about that. Um, Jamie is away right now, actually. She was down visiting her parents through the holidays. Uh, She'll be back this evening. But while we were watching the documentary, uh, we saw that there was a book of David Huggins' paintings. And I was like, whoa. And she just immediately, while we were watching the documentary, turned to me and was like, 
do you want this for Christmas? It's like, yes, definitely. So she ordered it right there on the spot. <laughs> so I will be getting that. I'm very excited for it's that. So little things. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, one interesting thing that they dropped at the very end of it and didn't get into it was that they mentioned that his ex-wife refused to be interviewed, didn't want to talk about it. Also mentioned that he works part-time at a deli. And at the very end, at the kind of, the, the classic, what would you call this? The, the epilogue? Epilogue, yeah. The epilogue, it said that he works one shift a week at this deli down the street mm-hmm. with an awesome old Italian boss, mm-hmm. by the way. Who was like, hey, hey. I, uh, I believe whatever he's a he nice thinks, guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't, a, we weren't doing like a characterization he actually sounded like. Yeah, that was, so yeah, he works one day a week. And it said that he lives with his ex-wife and has lived with her for 20 years. Which really, like, made some red flags come up in my head. Yeah, without a doubt. Because why? how do you live only working one shift a week? Well, in my experience, you're getting some sort of disability and can't work for more than that much a week. Now, maybe he has physical issues they just didn't get into Of course, it. yeah. And also, why is his wife still living with him? And That's I'm thinking, the thing that's interesting. Do you think, like, he can't live by himself because he's not well so i don't that's where my mind went to like maybe he does have a diagnosable mental health issue that was just not discussed because they didn't want you to have this idea that he was coming from a place of so as not to taint the narrative or whatever yeah so i'm not i'm not sure what to take what to take from that other than that's i thought it was very interesting yeah which is the thing I feel like I want to look into a little bit and see if I could poke around and find any information about that. And I wonder if we would ever be able to find out any information. I'm sure if somebody has some <coughs> dirt somewhere on like a subreddit or something, That's you know. Reddit. All right, that was love and saucers. Yeah, you should I watch it. I mean, it was like an hour, and it was it was just he has a. It's a fascinating story that he yeah. has a lot of detail about whether or not. No matter where he can't got it from, he, he it's it, he's got he's put a lot of work into it. And again, he seems like he's like a very endearing guy. Yeah, like, yeah. He seems very earnest and just you know, like I you, you don't want to I don't know. Never at any point do I feel like oh, this guy's full of shit. Right. You know, right. Like he just seems like okay, cool dog. You do you, I guess. So what else are we gonna do tonight? We are going to pick Jamie up from the airport in a little while. Mm-hmm. Let's tell everybody what we're doing. Um. Probably going to come back, mm-hmm. uh, eat ice cream. Mm, we did buy ice cream today, right after we filled ourselves up with a ton of vegan comfort food. Yes. Which always includes some sort of brown gravy. Oh, yeah, brown gravy. It, it was a very beige breakfast, mm. I think, across the board. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> mm. Okay, we'll pick her up. She'll be, she'll be just really disgusted by us. The fact that we've been farting up her house. Yeah, we'll probably bug her. In her absence. Okay. What about tomorrow? Tomorrow, uh, we're going to go get <laughs> breakfast again at the same place because Jamie wants to go. Oh, man. We're going to tear it up again. Uh, I might show a little more restraint tomorrow. Oh, even though we bought all those fixins for breakfast sandwiches. Oh, shit. Joshy's famous. Yeah. Well, oh, I got that figured out. We can bring them to the national park and feed them to Bigfoot. No, we'll, uh, we'll bring them to uh, the other cabin we're going to. Yeah, I... You didn't think I thought we were really going to feed him to Bigfoot. He eats... No, fr- we're going to feed him to the missing 411 monster. Bigfoot eats vegetables. Not not fucking fake meat. I don't know, man. There was a Bigfoot book that I had when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe written by Daniel Cohen, I think. Mm-hmm. Who was a very important writer to me. 
introduced me to movie monsters and quote-unquote real-life monsters. But there was an illustration that showed a Bigfoot's diet. And it was, you know, like plants, all sort of plants, but it also showed a little mouse. And that always stuck with me. It's like, yo, Bigfoot's going to eat a mouse? Why would he eat plants and just small rodents? Because, I mean, omnivores exist. Yeah, but, but, but I don't think Bigfoot eats meat. Based on what? Well, look, this book that I saw feelings. when I was five years old. Based on feelings? Based on feelings. I would like to think that Bigfoot is like me, a, a rad-ass vegan dude. Is that what you, uh... That's how I think of myself. Is that how you title yourself? That's my t-shirt that I'm wearing. No, that's not that. That's not that. Oh, should I... Wait, that's not... Whoa, what a cool shirt. Yeah, rad-ass vegan dude. What a, so, uh, a quick aside and in addition to last week's episode... We told the story of the bubble fairy and how I saw her say to somebody, what an interesting t-shirt. Talking about recalled memories, uh, she said that to me. Yes. I was wearing a propagandi t-shirt, mm-hmm. and she said it to me, and then she had the encounter with the young men from the neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, you, you texted me about it, I'm assuming, when you were packing, because I saw you pack that t-shirt in, mm-hmm. your, in your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and because I saw the shirt, and... I only, it's like kind of ripped up, so I don't really wear it out. Yeah. And I said, oh, that story's about me. So, uh, yeah, we have our own recall memory yeah. issues. Memory is a very tricky thing. I'm surprised with the, with the amount of issues we have. We haven't thought that we've been abducted by aliens yet. I mean, I have some circumstances. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I just need to go see a hypnotherapist to really help me get those back because i i did have that experience maybe 1998 ish okay uh when i was living in maze landing new jersey and driving up to philly which is about an hour drive i'd say back and forth um driving up a few nights a week just to go hang out go to shows and whatnot and i would stay until very very late and i was driving home one night i think i probably left philadelphia at like two in the morning three in the morning so i was very fucking tired and the thing is i have a sort of a lost time experience Mm -hmm. where I don't remember getting off the Atlantic City Expressway to pulling up to the house, which is probably like 20 minutes, I think, from there. And the interesting thing was I had changed tapes. It was no longer the one tape I was listening to. It was another tape. So I pulled up and just sort of like kind of woke up in the driveway. Mm Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, was I abducted by aliens? Yeah, because um, according to all the details you just gave us, there's no other way to explain that. Me other being than... so exhausted. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and driving the Atlantic City Expressway and then through the back roads of southern New Jersey being the most interesting drive at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I mean, dark... Pretty isolated. You know, you're not going to see many cars going down those roads at night. Definitely alien abduction. I'm just saying. Can you draw a painting? Nope. Can you paint a painting? Or draw a drawing? Or write a poem? No, can you can you create some art that would depict your abduction that I can describe to the audience? I could do an MS Paint uh, yes. work for you, if you like. Can you get this done by the time we post this episode? Maybe. But the problem is that if I'm getting to basically pick what happened... It's going to involve an Amazonian alien lady. I think that's okay, because I think it would really do a lot of things. First, you know, it would give Jamie some more ammo. Okay. And then it would just show the audience what I am 
literally working with. Look, I'm just laying my soul bare here for people. Look, we and we appreciate this you know? week in and week out. I, all the I'm, things that come right from your soul. I think to there's your nothing mouth. wrong with being sex positive, being open about this shit. I'm not trying to be creepy to anybody. I'm sorry if that, that is creepy. You don't have to try. Yeah, man. Look, everybody wants somebody. I don't know if that's true. Which we'll have to explain that story on another episode mm. when we have more time. <laughs> yeah, we will. I mean, it's a very quick story. It's a good one, but yeah, I will. I'll do an alien encounter illustration. Yeah, maybe not because it's gonna be dirt. I don't want to see like. A, I'll I'll do a PG thirteen. I appreciate it because I don't want to see him MS Paint. They will not be jerking me off into a bowl. Like they like th- and that David was from, Huggins. Yes, that was from happened. the Love and Saucers documentary. We didn't just. I will not be breastfeeding. Just, we try not to just say everything, anything that comes to our minds, even though that was the second episode in a row where you said jerk off, and I would appreciate if you didn't say it. Look, man, there's, don't be a prude. There's nothing wrong with I, taking care of business, man. Everybody, everybody got to do it. I am not a prude. I just, look. And it's w- within context. When I mentioned it, how do you think the people from the Angsa Ashram activated the egg and traveled to another world. But the egg wasn't real. They jerked off in it. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Oh, man. You didn't get that from what I was saying? I don't think so. Sexual energy. That was how you double yoked as well. You fuck in there. And achieving climax helps you get into the mindset, the quantum mindset where you can travel into another world. Is that how that works? And in this situation, literally, the Amazon alien women... We're jerking David Huggins off into a bowl. Well, so it's not like I'm just saying, hey, jerk off, jerk off. It's within context here, man. It just kind of sounds Step off. Like, it just kind of sounds like it when you say it. What would you rather I say? Physically manipulated myself. And committed the sin of Onan. Yes. Would you prefer that? Yes. What other kind of... Uh, <laughs> what other euphemisms can we use? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, Dennis... I think that's all the time we have for this visit. Oh, shit. We switched it up. Thank you, Seattle. You've been great. What do you you think, audience? (laughs) I think Snapchat's over there. She's looking at us. Yeah, she's looking at us. We have an audience member. she's not. She's looking at us. She's looking. She's kind of cross-eyed, so she doesn't look directly at you. (laughs) She's a great cat. I love her. That's it. Hey, this is a successful live episode. We did it. Maybe we'll do this again sometime with other people present. Hey, Josh. Hey, Dennis. That's all the time we have left for this live episode. <laughs> I just I said that already. No, yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.